Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 26. My name is Matt Sin, and I'm here with my friend Kyle Pauly. We are very glad you joined us. And before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our social media, because we usually do that at the end of the show. So we thought we'd tell you now. So you can follow us on Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio or on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. Make sure you give us a follow. You can also follow us on Facebook, and we would very much appreciate it. We're also going to tell you a little bit about this day in wrestling history. Can you, can you, can you do the voice? Because everyone makes fun of me. Uh, this day in wrestling history. That's pretty good. I dig it. I dig it. Much better than me. Much better than <laughs> me. No, no one can do it like Chris Cummy, though, I think. Yeah. So that, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Today, 20 years ago, your new WWE champion became Vincent Kennedy McMahon. VKM. VKM. The Voodoo Ken Mafia in TNA. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we what we mean. We're going to tell you all about Clash of Champions. No one remembers today. that, but no one does. You know, no, no. Uh, we're here to tell you about Clash of Champions today. Um, it was a it was a it was a show. Yep, that had eleven matches, ten title defensive. Yeah, it did happen. Ten title defenses, eleven if you count the twenty four seven title that was kind of defended. This is always defended, right? So it was it was a really interesting little thing. Uh, and we had two matches in the pre-show, and the first one was a triple threat match with Cruiserweight Champion Drew Gulak, Lindsay Dorado, and who, I don't want to butcher this name, Humberto Carrillo. Does that sound right? Humberto Carrillo, yes. Yeah. Alberto Del Rio? No. No. That's wrong. We tried. <laughs> it's, it's we tried. cousin, maybe? Yeah. So, out of our predictions, Matt picked Drew Gulak, Chris picked Drew Gulak. And Kyle picked Humberto Carrillo. So, mm-hmm. Kyle, tell us about this match. So, uh, I mean, it was a standard 205 Live opening match. Uh, great work. Um, we had uh, Dorado hitting a nice springboard on the outside, like most people do. It did get a brief uh, This Is Awesome chant. Um, so that's always good. Uh, they always are, though. They really deserve it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all. they are always really solid matches. Um and then uh, at one point, um, Lindsay Dorado went for a shooting star press on Umberto. Um, and then he uh, was rolled out of the way. Carrillo uh, hit Aztec press. And Gulak swooped in and stole the pin from uh, Carrillo. So I almost got this correct. Um, so yeah, he Gulak retained. So I did not get points for this uh, in our um, competition with each other. But... Uh, I, I just thought that they might change it up here. They he, Gulak's had a nice streak with the title going on, and he's a great worker. Um, but I just kind of thought, like, you know, Umberto, I, I didn't think Dorado had a shot, but I thought Umberto, he's kind of been pushed on 205 Live, um, that I I believe so. <laughs> I don't watch re- religiously, so I'm not, you know, don't hold me to it. But uh, I thought, like, you know, maybe they'll give it to him here. But nope, <laughs> Gulak is still the uh, the champion after this. Yeah, we all knew Lince Dorado wasn't going to get it because yeah. of him being in Lucha House Party. And, you know, he's probably the least over of the three. Not that he's not a good worker. They're all good workers. But, yeah, you know, Callisto is the most well-known. So, I, 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 I don't, I don't know, know. if, like, WWE seems to have something against people in masks. Like, if you're not Rey Mysterio yeah. or Sin Cara when he, you know, they tried to make that happen. But other than that, like, yeah. nobody really, or Vader maybe, but if... Mask people just seem to always take like they just become a guy and, you know, or they put you or it's a loose, like you said, Lucha House Party type deal. So I thought, you know, Umberto, he doesn't have a mask. He's a good looking guy. So maybe they'll go with him. But well, you think so about Andrade, too. <laughs> yeah. Kane had a mask. He was pretty successful for quite oh, yeah, some that's time. True. Yeah. yeah. But um, so the second match in the pre-show was AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. And I don't know what in the world they were doing with this match because it First of all, Cedric Alexander is from Charlotte, North Carolina, so right. this should have been on the the main card. Um, this match was very fast paced, but it was only about seven minutes long. And my problem with it is Cedric Alexander got a couple cool moves in, and then AJ Styles just four minutes into the match, if that long, hits a Styles clash on the outside, and so he mm-hmm. rolls him in and pins him, and then picks him up. 
Yeah. And I don't know why he did that. And he hit him with the uh, the calf. He did the calf crusher. He hit him with a phenomenal forearm. He did another Styles clash, and he pinned him. Cedric Alexander did get a little bit of offense in, but it was pretty much a burial. And then after it was over, the OC came in, and they all beat up Cedric Alexander. Now, I won't have a problem with this if the OC are booked to look strong again, because they've been kind of looking like goobers the last couple weeks. If they're booked to look strong again, this is fine. No issues. But if they're just going to be like the bad guys that are there to foil the good guys and then get beat up and nothing ever comes of it and they not look strong, I just I, I, I have a real problem with this because if we want Cedric Alexander to be a superstar, he did not look like a superstar. Yeah, and I mean, it's his hometown, so he's the hometown hero. you think they'd want to you know, at least put on a good match and like give you hope that Cedric will win. And he almost won in the first 10 seconds of the match. He like immediately hit a Michinoka driver and got a near fall. Um, like you said, he hit some more, like some cool moves. And after that styles clash, it was like all downhill and yeah. just got destroyed in front of the home, t- his hometown. And uh, they just got beat up afterwards. Like you said, it, it was, I, I guess they're just done with him because I mean, you saw when they were trying to push him, what they did with him, they put him against Drew Galloway, this giant, and he went toe to toe with him and had great matches with him. And here, I mean, he, he beat AJ Styles. Um, was it last week he beat him? Which and, is then, so uh, and then they, he just comes out here and just gets destroyed. And um, I know, I, I believe it was on WWE.com or something. Uh, they put a blurb out that, like, I mean, you'd think this feud was over. By the way, he just got, you know, demolished him. And it's like, well, there goes Cedric. Um, but apparently they said, like, they kind of hinted at maybe they'd have another match down the line and said, like, well, Cedric knows what to expect now from Styles. It's like, I mean, you expect him to get his tail whipped again? Like, exactly. <laughs> he got destroyed. Yeah, so, um, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I have no, I don't see where they can go from this, but apparently they're going to try, or that's what that article was leading to. But yeah, it's a little bit baffling here. Not the first time on the show we'd have something baffling, but. No, it was the first time, but not the last time. Yes, yes. Yeah. We all picked AJ, by the way. So, point for all three of us. And I think this was like slotted to be possibly one of the best matches on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Would have been with a couple more minutes. It was really good in the first. It was good. It was just too short. Yeah. Not enough happened. Not enough happened. Yep. So, we opened the show with Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode versus Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins, which was kind of surprising. I didn't expect to see this very early. Um, and I do want to point out, before we actually get really good and in going into this, pay- into this pay-per-view review, um, after everyone got into the ring bef- before every match, they dimmed the lights in the arena, and they had these yellow spotlights surrounding the ring, and it looked really, really good, and it made it look special and different, and it didn't look just like every other Raw and SmackDown like most pay-per-views do. And even though some of the matches were like that, the presentation was really, really cool, and I, I really, really liked it. You're stealing that NXT gimmick. Yeah. By the way, it was good. whatever. I don't care, yeah. man. No, I mean, yeah. I say that jokingly, but, I mean, they should have been doing this a long time ago. I mean, when yeah. they first did it in NXT, it's like, oh, this is great. It feels like a big match feel. I don't understand why they don't, like, adopt this. That, I mean, it's one of those things that NXT always did really well that just for whatever reason didn't go to the main roster as soon as – like, somebody should have shown that to Vince and be like, hey, this is cool, and then you, like, adapt it to the main roster, but they – Maybe they'll start doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. To. I hope they do it for every pay-per-view now because it looked really good. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if it, it makes the titles feel like a bigger deal. Uh, I mean, it's it builds suspense before a match. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something they should keep doing. Yeah. So, what did you think of this match? Because I've got some things to say about it, and it was, it was very interesting. You tell me what you think first. Yeah, I had a big problem with this match. Uh, I mean, it's it's... Weird, and they the announcers kept pointing out that Rude and Ziggler were, you know, they weren't even a team a month ago. And it's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> but they're going yeah. for the Raw Tag Team titles, which I never, I mean, this was something that I, you know, harped on when they first won the the gauntlet match. I mean, I don't understand why they were even together. Um, but, I mean, it was a plain Raw match. I'm not really surprised this went on as early as it did because, I mean, Rollins and Strowman had to work later in the show. So get it out of the way now and, you know, let them rest before the end of the show. So I thought it was fine, but it was just like a typical Raw match. Um, Strowman was, you know, big and scary and kind of dominated early. Then Seth got the heat um, or took the heat and just kind of got beat up. 
and then the uh, the finish came when uh, I think it was Rollins and uh, Rude were like attacking each other, and Ziggler was kind of on the apron. Strowman like comes in like a crazy bull and like runs over everybody, and somehow Bobby Rude is not hurt. Um, yeah. He picks up Rollins, hits him with a DDT, and pins the WWE champion clean in the middle. Just ridiculous. Yeah, I was like, okay, if you want to roll him up or something and like try to say there's dissension and then have him like but but even they didn't really do anything to build towards the main event of like Rollins versus Strowman. Obviously, I mean, obviously Strowman, you could say caused the the loss by hitting Rollins, even though he hit everybody. And uh you know, play off that maybe, but they didn't even like have an argument. They, you know, they just had Stroman go to the back and then he cut a promo, you know, um, walking to the back, but it wasn't even like, he should have done that in front of the crowd or something to get the people excited. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think my biggest, my biggest problem with this was the rude pinning Rollins. So, I mean, if he doesn't get a normal, you know, contender match or something for Rollins on raw tonight, I don't know you know, what the deal is. He absolutely won't. And that's something that really bothers me as well. Like I was, I, I, there were so many better ways to do this. So many, you could have had one guy turn on the other. You could have even had, how about this? How about instead of turning on Seth Rollins, Brock, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman accidentally creams him and goes, Oh, well, and then turns around and leaves because he clearly doesn't care about the tag team championship anyway. He wants the universal title. I mean, he's been staring at the universal title, holding on to his tag team title. So I, I don't know. I just, uh, and I hate, I don't, man, I hate surprise roll ups, but this might have been one of the very few times that I would have said it was okay. I mean, it makes it's ridiculous that the WWE champion got pinned. By a by, someone who has been garbage for the last year. Now I love Bobby Roode, love him, but he's gotten no push and he's not believable. And he came back a couple weeks ago. He won one singles match, then he won the tag team turmoil match, and then I think they've won like a tag match or two on Raw since then. It just doesn't make any sense, and it makes Seth Rollins look e- like even more of a geek than he looks now. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, I totally agree. Like, just pitting him clean, especially he's got a main event tonight against Strowman. He just got beat with the. D- I mean, I know it's his finisher, but he got beat with a DDT. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I saw that instantly. Just thought, like, why in the world? And I agree. There's so many ways they could have done this, and they were talking about uh, Strowman. You know, the, the whole time the announcers are just saying, like, you know, he should turn on him. What is he doing? Even doing this. I kind of like the story that, you know, and I wish they would have told, I, I don't know if they were trying to allude to it, um, but I wish they would have focused on it more, or at least one of the announcers would have pointed it out. Strowman said, I like being tag champions. I want to stay tag t- champions, but I also want the universal title. And he thought he could do both. And I would get that. Like if it were me, and obviously if all you want is a universal title, you would just leave Seth and just right. like, or beat him up and whatever and let him get beat up the rest of the match. But Strowman, him being a face, I could see him just saying like, no, I want both the belts and, you know, I want a shot at the title. And even if I don't win, you know, I'm a competitor. Me and Seth can be tag champs and, you know, I'll live to fight another day or something. Like, I could see that and you could sell me for that match um, and like have one of the announcers sell it, but they never really pointed it out. They just kept saying like, why isn't he turning on him? You know, all this. And like at that point, like, why is he even, you know, on the apron if you're not even going to say like well maybe he just wants the championship yeah so yeah yeah. i don't know i i just thought there were better ways to do it i just hope that bobby Roode and Dolph ziggler don't just disappear because it would be so wasteful especially with the the amount of talented tag teams that they have uh in wwe right now and to give it to two guys who aren't a permanent tag team i just i hope they do something with them uh, our picks here, I picked Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, and both of you guys picked Seth and Braun. So, winner, Matt. Yeah, and I, I guess I was thinking that they would um, – because it was also pointless that they lost the title so quickly. Yeah. Um, especially to a team that just got thrown together. And it's like, well, I guess they I, – I really think they just made them champions so they could say they have to fend the belts early and then have a main event again. So, yeah, um, I do also want to say that – 
Yeah, and but I do want to say that uh, in Braun's promo, he gets he gets to the back and Charlie interviews him and you know ask him what his take is and all this. And first thing he says is, "I didn't lose the Raw Tag Team Titles. Seth did." It's like, no, dude, you lost. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> how it works. On a so. street, and he he definitely wasn't like this is his first loss in a while. Yeah, so not only did he lose the tag titles, he kind of like an idiot in this promo. <laughs> so he did. He did. Uh, the next we had Bailey versus Charlotte Flair, and all three of us picked Bailey. And I will tell you, and you you may have a different opinion because this has been a very divisive match uh, with people online. I absolutely loved everything about this. The match started, and Charlotte absolutely destroyed Becky. The match went on for like six minutes. She was throwing it under the barricade on the outside. Bailey got, uh, I think I said Becky earlier. Bailey got basically no offense in, none. Until the very end, where she took apart the bottom turnbuckle and tripped Charlotte into it and got the three count. After Bailey got the three, she runs out of the ring, grabs her belt, and books it to the back. And I mean, she is flying. She's gone. And Charlotte, like, kind of wakes up after a minute and she, like, smirks. So I think Charlotte's probably still going to be a heel. Like she was almost respecting Becky for doing something like that, which is definitely out of character for Becky. I keep saying Becky. I'm sorry for Bailey. I I loved it, man. What did you think? I like the first part of this match because as I was going, I was thinking, I think this is turning into going to turn into a really good match because Charlotte, like you said, she came out uh, like a. She booted her right in, in the face, and it was really similar to the Cedric and AJ, right. where she boots her in the face, and they tease a quick finish, and the fans were like getting ready to explode. Um, but Bailey kicked out, and Charlotte dominated the match. And then the only thing I didn't like, I don't mind the finish, but it was strange. Uh, and and I mean I don't mind that either. There's uh, like I've said on here before, I'm a UFC fan, so like. I like a little bit of realism. Every match doesn't have to end with a finisher. Every match doesn't have to go 15 minutes. Like I could see this happening, but I, I don't know. It, it, was, it was a little awkward. And then it wasn't like Bailey, you know, threw her into the, the bottom turnbuckle and then hit her with her finisher or something. Like she just hits her, Charlotte lays her for a minute, and then she pins her, and then she just runs away. And like I was expecting her to like get up at the top of the ramp and turn around and smile, and maybe then Charlotte could like smirk at her, but – Bailey just leaves and uh, we never hear from her again. Yeah. And Charlotte just kind of smirks. I don't know why she was smiling. I'd be pretty upset if uh, she had done that. But they tried to say Charlotte was like, you know, admiring Bailey's, you know, cunning strategy or something, which I was like, okay, whatever. But <laughs> just, I mean, I didn't mind the match. It was fine. Uh, but it just suddenly ended and I was kind of like, oh, that was awkward. But right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see your from your point of view as well. Yeah, and I mean, when you have eleven matches on a card, I think it's okay to have one or two that are that are short. And uh, this one was a good short match, and it was fine. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And uh, I I think uh, you might have skipped over this, and I can't believe you did. Okay. Uh, Becky Lynch before this match had an awesome. Oh, she did awesome promo on Sasha Banks. Like I saw that, and it felt like. Just just short of like Austin Rock promos that used to come on the pay-per-views that got you excited. Like she made me excited for this match later because she just cut an awesome promo saying that she had nothing to prove, that she had uh, you know had this great run, one of the best in WWE history. And what did Sasha do? She dyed her hair. That's all she's done. And she said she didn't she didn't uh get Sasha's spot, she earned it. it just like Sasha's gonna earn her butt kicking later tonight. Like it was just fantastic it was really i mean good. she it was like one of my favorite promos in a long time um so yeah she was a star in this promo and felt like it so i was i was pumped for the match after that yeah i agree it was really, yeah. really good so we had the smackdown tag team championship match next yeah uh, and speaking of really good old school wrestlers the revival who are basically the four horsemen i mean what don't they remind you of Oli and arn or oh, yeah. Tully or was just oh, so good. So good. And they wrestled the new day and this, I don't want to say it was my favorite match of the night because Becky and Sasha was so good, but it was just, this was the best story told all night. So you've had the revival and Randy Orton 
basically terrorizing all three members of the New Day for the last few weeks. And they absolutely destroyed Xavier Woods' knee. So he came out with a knee brace on. We haven't seen him in a couple weeks. And they kept attacking his knee because they're great wrestlers. They're so good. They were attacking his knee. They threw him out. And then Big E basically had to wrestle a handicap match against him. Well, they finally took down Big E. And he tagged in Xavier. And the match went on for a little bit. And they got Big E on the outside. And they did the shatter machine. So Big E's out of it. Which looked like it really hurt everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And so they get back in the ring. And they, they wrestle for a little longer, and they do the shatter machine on Xavier Woods. And then this part bothered me a little bit, because basically what happens is instead of pinning him, like Scott Dawson's about to pin Xavier, and Dash says, no, go for the knee. And he starts like ripping off his pants, and like or rip, not ripping his pants, and then uh, exposing his knee. And Corey Graves goes, I've been saying they're the smartest tag team wrestlers, you know, in the world. And here they are when they could have won the titles back. And I do agree that with that for a little bit because I actually thought that as Corey Graves was saying it. But he put on this like Texas Deathlock thing where it's basically a, a inverted figure four. And Xavier Woods sold it so well. And it, it just and Scott's got him in it, and Dash Wilder's on the floor. And Xavier Woods' face, screaming tap. And then Xavier Woods finally taps, and the Revival beats the New Day. And it was so good. After the match was over, Scott and Dash were up on the ramp, and they cut a promo about how uh, uh, they are the the, the best tag team in the world, and they're going to have all the gold along with Randy Orton later. Uh, also, I do want to point out their tights are really cool. They had two dogs and a viper in the middle on their tights. It, it was just it was really cool looking. They put so much thought in everything they do and their matches and their tights. Just, I love the revival. This match was great. Yeah, I enjoyed this match as well. Um, probably not as much as you. Um, and one thing I did have a problem with, like it, it did have a good story in that they focused on Xavier's knee, but he come out he came out in the knee brace, but. Other than that, he didn't really – until he started working on his knee in the match, he, it wasn't like he was favoring his knee that much. And I was kind of surprised that he – I mean, at least, you know, I'm trying to think of this in a sense of a story. I would be surprised that he would be competing because, I mean, they, look, they tore his knee apart when they injured him. And for him to just come out in a knee brace, it was kind of like, okay. I mean, how hurt was he? Then really. And then he still kind of does his regular moves in the match. He does like a rolling – and jumping lariat, like he's still kind of jumping around. Like, I mean, there were points where they were attacking his knee and he was selling it, um, you know, in pain. But like when it came to his offense, he didn't really sell it that well. Um, That's true. And then they, uh, but in a sense, like as far as him just attacking the knee, I agree that that was like a good part of the match. And like you said, they hit their finishing move and I kind of wish they had pinned him and then done the knee destroying thing. Because uh, it did make them look kind of dumb, and I was just waiting for yeah. Biggie to like, you know, make the save or like hit. Uh, was it Dawson that was on the outside? Or right. no, it was uh, no, no, no. Wilder. Yeah, I was waiting for them just for him to hit Wilder, and you know, then then uh, being able to break it up or something. But uh, I mean, it was a very heel thing to do for them to you know keep injuring it. But I wish they had beat him and then done that. Would have made them look less stupid, but <laughs> they they won the titles, I guess. So, uh, and I did really like the promo that they cut on the top of the ramp because um, it just you know gave them more heel heat, and the the fans were definitely booing them, so that worked. Right. Yeah, I mean everything they do. I can't wait for the revival to go to AEW, and I know that they've been getting kind of pushed in the WWE and maybe they'll sign again. I mean, I was convinced that Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were leaving and they re-signed when they put him with AJ. So we'll see. I think they really legitimately enjoy this trio with Randy Orton. Um, I want them on my TV more. So we'll, we'll see, but I don't care. WWE, AEW, put them in a ring, let them do their thing. Um, I actually picked the revival and it looks like I'm trying to see here. We're on here. I picked him as well. Uh, Actually, I picked the New Day. I apologize. And then you and Chris picked the Revival here. Yeah. 
And uh, I kind of figured that, you know, Revival and Norton have kind of been getting to New Day, trying, you know, they, they attacked Woods. They kind of, you know, Orton and has gotten to Kofi's head and, you know, made him kind of, you know, he attacked his family. So he's gotten really emotional about it. So I thought it would lead to, um, you know, maybe Kofi getting, uh, trying to take out too much punishment on Orton and it costing him the title. So we'll see later on if that actually ended up being the case. But I definitely thought that, like, um, Revival, I could easily see Revival and Orton into the show with all the belts. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about it when it comes down the road. Right, right. We had a backstage segment after this, and I'll, I won't skip this one. Um, <laughs> so Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are in the back, and they're cutting a promo. And then, like, this boom mic keeps hitting Alexa Bliss in the face. And she's like, what? What is happening? And then the camera pans back, and the, the guy holding the boom mic is R-Truth, and Carmella's standing there next to him. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And so, it was just great. I'm so glad Carmella. I mean, back. if you're trying to hide, wouldn't you try to stay as far away from a camera as possible? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. But Alexa Bliss says, you know what? And she grabs the mic while he's holding it and says, hey, everybody, our truth is here on the set. I repeat, our truth is right here on the set. And then like three or four of the goobers start chasing him and he and Carmella run off. And uh, yeah, that's all there was to that. Yep. So we had Fire and Desire. And I legitimately like, I don't. I guess we don't hear Sonny Deville's music enough that I thought they got new music, but all they did was they did the Kabuki Warriors thing and they mashed up the two songs and it was pretty bad. Like it was really bad. They said fired and desire at the beginning. Then Sonny Deville, Sonny Deville's music plays. And then it goes back and forth until they both hit the ring. And I absolutely hated it. I always always do that. It's never been good. Ever. There hasn't been a single time in WWE history where they take two theme songs and play them back and forth where it sounded good. What did sound good was Chris Jericho and Big Show when they did away with that crap and they made one song that sounded kind of similar to both. And that was good. Yeah. So I don't understand why they don't do that, especially with teams are going to keep together for a while. Much to my wife's chagrin, I don't think that Sonny Deville is going to go off on her own. So I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, that doesn't matter really. It just sounded bad, and I wanted to rant about it for a little bit. Uh, Alexa and Bliss and Nikki Cross come out. Nikki comes out first. Alexa then comes out. They also talk about how Fire and Desire are more of a team because they came out together, whereas Bliss and Nikki Cross, because Alexa came out second, she was stealing the spotlight or something. Yes. Yeah. Which was really dumb. Really yeah. dumb. Tell us, tell us what you thought about this match, including the uh, the shenanigans that happened in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I, I thought it was a much better match than uh, the one that they had a couple weeks ago because I, I said when we reviewed that match, I was like, aren't Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross supposed to be the babyfaces? Because Fire and Desire got the hot tag. They, I mean, during the match, they were like the babyfaces. Like, it was just very strange and backwards. Uh, this match was reversed where uh, Bliss was the one that, you know, got beat up on and got the heat, you know, through the majority of the match. Um, there was a, sh- there were shenanigans in the middle. Uh, actually, when Alexa was in control, like right before she lost it, um, R-Truth ran out with Carmella. All the other goons run out. They're all chasing each other. Truth got in the ring and Alexa actually rolled him up for a two count. So she almost won the title, even though I thought that they said like, it, wasn't there a rule that it couldn't be defended during a match or something? Or what? It couldn't be defended during like one of their 24-7 ma- matches. So yeah, technically she could have pinned him there. Well, what happens if she wins it in the middle of her match? Does she can it, it, Is she safe to, for the rest of her match? Or I think the only time that they suspended it's, it was it's during stupid. the arc. Either way, it's stupid. Very confusing. So, um, yeah, so she doesn't win the title, which I was kind of sad about because uh, that would have been cool. But she, so Truth runs off, everybody chases him, and they start going back to their match. And um, that's when Alexa uh, loses uh, control, and Sonya and Mandy kind of beat up on her. She did a, I mean, I've I've wanted to see Alexa. I mean, I'm a fan, obviously. <laughs> I would have, uh, I've wanted to see her kind of do a baby face because she she is a good baby face, like in peril. Um, and I mean, she took the whole heat this match. And Nikki, the fans were definitely into her. 
when she got the hot dog, she came in and just tore the house down. But Alexa was also good in selling in her role. And um, so, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, it was sloppy at points, but, um, uh, and I don't, I'm guessing they're going to play off the story, but Alexa kind of took a lot of the damage and then Nikki kind of got it all back and almost single-handedly because um, Alexa almost lost the match, getting hit with the, the high-low double team. Nikki broke it up and saved their titles. And then she basically, in a two-on-one situation, took out uh, Sonya and then hit Mandy with her twisting netbreaker and won the belts. So it was a fine match. Uh, I thought it was, like I said, much better than the tag match they had a couple weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. What do you think? This match was really only on the card because every single championship needed to be defended. Right. The match was fine. Uh, although it does kind of show you what they think of these, the women's tag team championship titles when they put the 24 seven goobers. Yeah. In the middle was, of- it did kind of like, I mean, it, it was like a random part in the match. And like I said, I kind of thought it might lead to the finish or like they would kind of, you know, it would lead to something not far after that. I'd be like, okay, well they're probably get done with this, but they went like another, you know, five or six minutes after that. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, this match should have been the second pre-show match, and it should have went eight minutes. Right. And you should have given time to AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander. That's exactly what should have happened. That's not what happened. The match was fine. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't bad. It was forgettable. Speaking of forgettable, Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz was next. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't remember anything about this match. I'm sitting here looking at results, and I really don't remember. All I remember is at the beginning, Sami Zayn has a hot mic. And he's running his mouth, and Thank he's sounding. God, they cut it. <laughs> yeah, and like I love Sami Zayn, huge fan, and he's almost always gold on the mic. But he was just kind of rambling, and it didn't really, it didn't sound great. It just didn't. There's, there's and two I, things I want you to think about, Matt. When it comes okay. to this match, could you imagine? Like, tr- close your eyes. Try to imagine okay. Sami Zayn in NXT a few years ago was the biggest baby yes. face. He was the leader of the brand. He even ushered in Shinsuke Nakamura in a great match uh, on one of his last shows in NXT before going to the main roster. Everybody loved him. Now everybody hates him and he has go away heat. Right. Like nobody, like he's just annoying now. He's not even like funny. He's goofy when he comes out to his entrance and he's just a parody. But I mean, I don't think anybody, like they're not really mad at him. They're, he's just annoying. And then also Shinsuke Nakamura. He came in to NXT as like one of the hottest free agents. He was like destroying New Japan Pro Wrestling. Everybody was so excited. He came in to NXT, had a great match with Sami Zayn, was the champion there, was nearly unbeaten the whole time he was in NXT. Gets to the main roster. Everybody's excited. He's got an awesome WrestleMania entrance. And now he's wrestling the Miz. And I want to say. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of letdowns in one roll up into one match. There's nothing wrong with the Miz. But the problem is the way that Shinsuke and Sami Zayn have been completely forgotten about. And then they're in this like weird situation where Sami is kind of a manager and Shinsuke refuses to talk because he's Japanese, which makes no sense at all. I just feel like both of these guys have so much more to give and they're just giving crap. Yeah. And it just really bothers me. I don't know. Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura are, are two of my favorites on TV today. And I, I would rather them be doing this than not be on my TV. I think that's fair. But at the same time, so far, this isn't very good. Now, that could change my mind real quick. All we need is a really solid Sami Zayn promo. And we need Shinsuke to beat someone that's really good in the ring. To get, have a have a banger match. Let him wrestle Ricochet. Oh my gosh, wouldn't you like to see Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet? But it, it, it's going to take time to build these guys back up because their WWE personas right now are in the dumpster. Yeah, I mean, I don't see... I mean, you're very hopeful to think that they could turn this around. Because, <laughs> like, just this, right. this pairing, I don't know. I just... Was Shinsuke not saying anything? Like, he just... But he's not like a – I mean, we've already heard him talk before. So it's like, well, why is he being quiet now? Right. If they they were going to do something, they should have done this to start with. And, you know, 
They should have made Sammy, you know, so annoying or at least give him another manager. Who's not like an active wrestler. I mean, I know Sammy's been losing a lot lately and he's, you know, but Sammy's, you know, a great wrestler and a good worker. He could, like you said, he could be doing so much more. Like he should be with somebody else. Like it's just not a pair that I want to see do this. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, as far as the match goes, like Miz, you know, Got some good offense in, and uh, he eventually got distracted by Sami Zayn. Got hit with a knee on the outside, and then uh, got thrown in and got hit with a Kinshasa and uh, Nakamura won. Yeah, right. It's just whatever. It just it didn't matter. Yeah, this whole it was a nothing match really. Just nothing to do SmackDown. I would have rather this been on the pre-show than AJ and Cedric. Yeah. But anyway. I could say this, say that about a lot of matches. Um, in this match, I picked The Miz. The two of you picked Shinsuke. I was convinced that they were trying to have someone have more Intercontinental Championship reigns than Chris Jericho, and I guess I was wrong, so I apologize. And I, I think I also forget to say what we picked of the women's tag team match. You and I picked Bliss and Cross, and Chris picked Fire and Desire. So, next match, it was, as far as actual wrestling in the ring, in my opinion... The best match of the night. It, it probably also had the worst finish of the night, though, especially with how how anticipated this match was. Everyone really wanted to see this, uh, and that's Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. And tell me, tell me about this match. Tell me what happened. Tell me about the mustard that, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the terrible, terrible finish. I enjoyed this match. I mean, it started out great. It, I mean, obviously, Becky Lynch was, you know, the man. She came out. The fans were singing to her song. Uh, there was some dueling chants going on even. But obviously, Lynch had more of the fans behind her. Sasha was a great heel as the boss. I mean, I've liked her in this role lately. Um, I mean, I think it fits her way more than the babyface role. Uh, and they were aggressive early. I mean, they had a really good back-and-forth match. And then the chair got involved. Becky used the chair and just like whacked the referee, which was a weak chair shot. Um, sends the referee down. And I mean, we've seen this before and we've seen, you know, you know, shenanigans happen or something. And then eventually another ref runs down, but they just started brawling to the back. And I guess I was, I mean, I saw it happening and you know, they're commentating, they go, you know, through the crowd, they go up, you know, into the concession stand area. They're beating each other up. I mean, it felt like a cool brawl. I mean, it felt great. Like I enjoyed watching it. Uh, they got into some mustard <laughs> at some point, and uh, yeah. so I mean, it was it was fun, and they, they started coming back around. And then they were just like in the middle of it. At one point, they were just like, "Oh, we just got word that uh, Becky Lynch was disqualified for hitting the ref." And I was just like, "What?" Yeah, like there there was no bell. There was no. Like that, there no other official ran out and checked on. I'm assuming she killed the referee and he couldn't make a call. He's still out. Like, yeah, he's, he's still dead. <laughs> they're, they're having his funeral today and he's going to get a 10 bell salute on Raw. Uh, yeah. So they just kept fighting and I was just, I mean, I thought they were going to keep brawling and go back to the ring and then they'd send another ref out or, you know, or he'd get up after time. Yeah. Or something. And then maybe count them out because, you know, they had just gone crazy. But yeah, it's very strange ending to what was turning into a really good match. It probably could have been the best match on the show, um, but just had a such a lackluster ending. Um, so yeah, I mean, what, what do you think about it? I love the match. I mean, I absolutely love the match. And then when they were going out into the crowd, I thought, oh, the ref's going to get up and count them out. That's what yeah. I thought. And that would have been a fine ending because I could I could totally be okay with this getting some kind of BS ending. Like I was okay with that because it's difficult to have Becky Lynch lose right now because she's still so hot, but Sasha Banks cannot lose right now. Like, she absolutely can't. It would kill her fire. I said that about The Miz, and look what's happening with The Miz. So, Banks could not take the loss here. But when they were going back down, and I'm like, okay, they're going to get back in the ring, the rest going to get back up, and we're going to get a good, clean finish. But the problem with the WWE is you have these... I want to say BS finishes is probably the nicest way I could put it. It's just, it was so, it's just like the tag team match, the the raw tag team match earlier. Like it was so poorly planned out. Like if you're going to have some kind of bullcrap finish, 
that's fine. But this was not the way to do it. Like, I don't think that the live crowd knew that the match was over until, like, the other three or four refs came out and started separating them. I mean, the people on TV, I mean, I didn't know until, like, yeah. somebody finally said it on commentary. But this is, I mean, they had already, you know, hit mustard at this point. So, <laughs> hey, you want to talk about the booze? Man, I mean, as soon as the other refs came out there, the crowds just lit them up because it was so poorly booked. And it just, right. uh, it and is they're really, to let them fight because they wanted to see them fight. <laughs> or, or a nice, nice, clean finish. This feud's going to go on, which is fine. This feud still has a lot of fire. I'm totally okay with that. It's just, it was a poor way to book this match, a poor way to book this finish, and a poor way to continue it on. I, uh, yeah. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I was really enjoying the match. I mean, super physical, which, I mean, you could always expect that from Sasha. She's She does, you know, lay it in when she's, you know, going against her opponent. So, I mean, I was enjoying it. And, I mean, I was even enjoying the brawl. And, like you said, I thought that they were going to – even if even if there was a count out, I probably wouldn't have liked it. Um, but it would have been way better than, you know, what they did. Um, but, yeah, they just – in the middle of the brawl, they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're done. And I was yeah. like, well, that's dumb. And yeah, yeah just put a, a halt to what was, cause then, you know, it's, you know, the match is over, you don't, you know, and it's just like, okay, well, they're just going to keep doing this for a while. And yeah, I agree. It was just horrible finish to what was going to be a really good match. Not, it, it breaks all continuity because for 30 freaking years, we've been seeing refs go down over bullcrap things and then either another ref come in or that ref gets up after time, but they just decided to just end it. And it made absolutely no sense because the WWE, just makes up rules on the fly and they change rules like in the middle of shows. Like it happens all the time. Yeah. So it was, it was really, they really come out of the rule book a couple years ago with like all these written down. I just, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So dumb. Yeah, dumb. So dumb. But speaking of dumb, stupid, 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 stupid. Randy stupid. Orton. Kofi Kingston was next. Stupid. <laughs> it was as bad as people people were making it out to be, uh, especially the ending. I thought the ending was really cool. But tell tell me what you think. I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed their last match better. I thought Kofi had a lot more fire. I mean, they were trash talking in this match like before, but um, I mean, I felt like there was more passion in the first match. Um. And I mean, Orton took a beating in this match. And uh, I, I mean, what I was saying earlier, uh, obviously Kofi ended up picking the win, picking up the victory. And I mean, I've enjoyed the feud and I've enjoyed the you know, New Day versus Orton and uh, Revival. And I thought that was going to continue on. And I want it to. But I was like, I think if it needs to, Orton needs to win the belt here because like New Day needs to be dismantled so that they could be built back up and make a comeback and win their championships back. And that's kind of why, like, when we were doing our picks, I picked Orton and Revival. And then Revival won, and I was like, oh, sweet. I think that means Orton's going to win the title because, like, I mean, if they conquered the New Day and completely dismantled them, I mean, you know, that's – they would have all the heat and they'd be, you know, up for – plus, Kofi's had a good run as the champion, but obviously, like, he's not lighting the world on fire as being, you know, the champion – like it, it would be a good time for him to drop it so they can try to build him back up. Right. Uh, you know, it's, and get some more, you know, people behind him again. Um, so I don't really understand why you have a revival win, the other members of new day, you know, getting beat down and then Kofi just prevails. It just didn't make any sense to me. It's like, at least as far as like, you know, combining the two stories together, like now, I mean, Orton shouldn't get another, I mean, he punted him after the match. Was there, yeah. um, but I mean, it was a clean win for Kofi. Like, why do they need to, I mean, he, Orton could just be a sore loser and get a punt. But I mean, if I was Kofi, I'd be like, dude, he punted me in the head and I'm not giving you another title shot. Like who cares? Well, so, I think, I don't think he punted him after the match. Did he, he tried to punt him in the middle of the match. Oh, yeah, he, he, missed, a, he missed, he yeah, missed, he missed. And then Kofi hit him with a trouble in paradise and got a, a clean three. He hit him with the RKO. Um, and had yeah, him, so, he had his foot on the road. Right, right. So, yeah. It was a really interesting and the match was fine. A lot of people are complaining that it's too slow. But you know what else was slow and everyone absolutely loved? 
Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page. And you can't have it both ways. You can't say something's really good in AEW and then give it crap for being in WWE. A lot of people give Orton a lot of hate, but he's he's a really good ring psychologist. I don't care what anyone says. He's good at what yeah. he does. The match was solid. It wasn't amazing. And again, it's, it wasn't memorable like I would have liked it to be. But it was it I mean, was I guess good match. it felt like... I mean, maybe people are just thinking it slow because that's easy to say about Orton. I mean, right. it, I agree it kind of was. but And like I was saying, I think their first match had like more... It just had more passion to it. Like Kofi was... You know, it's like swearing at Orton. Like, you thought he was really – I mean, supposedly, you know, him and Orton really don't like each other. But, I mean, it really seemed like it when he's in the ring. Like, they just had more fire and, you know, just had, you know, more uh, – like like I said, they had more uh, fire. They had more passion when they, you know, first met each other. And now they they just had a kind of normal match. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then, like I said, it just – nothing da- – like, there's no new uh, revival coming out. Uh, Orton just got beat. So it's like, okay, yeah. well, I guess that's over. Yeah, that's really, that's about it. Uh, yeah. I picked Kofi Kingston. The two of you picked Randy Orton. And then to go back to Sasha and Becky, and I'm sorry I skipped it, but I actually skipped it on purpose this time. Chris has Becky as the winner, and I'm looking at his notes here, and it says technically Sasha won, but Becky retained. But I know someone that might have put a couple dollars on Sasha Banks and got paid for the win. So as far as I'm concerned, Sasha won, and the uh, me and you who pick Sasha's getting credit for that. So yes. uh, Chris picked Becky, but uh, we're going to, we're going to switch that. And I had to, had to redo the numbers to make sure I was reading everything correctly. And so um, we had the street profits backstage and they were talking and, and gosh, just like, I like the street profits. Okay. But can we just stop? Can we please or just give stop? them a match? Yeah. Like I'm over this. I'm, I'm tired of them being, them narrating just crap. Like, I'm, I'm over it. I need to stop. But what's right is we had King Booker. And the reason King Booker Booker. Was there, Booker. The reason King Booker was there was because they were predicting the King of the Ring finals for tomorrow night on Raw, which happens to be tonight. And uh yeah, it was it was it, it was fine. He came out, he did his King Booker dynamic, he he had some crazy eyes, and they said what Angela Dawkins said, hey, can you please knight me so I can get with some honeys, which is weird. And then so after doing the King Booker thing, he does his, tell me you didn't just say that. You guys need to focus. And then leaves. And then he comes back and says, can you dig that, sucker? And that was great. It was great. We got all of the Booker T stuff. I love Booker T, one of my favorites of all time. Growing up as a WCW guy, I watched him grow. I watched the Harlem Heat. I watched him become five-time WCW champion. I watched his WWE title reign as King Booker. Hopefully, him going, you guys need to focus, is a good way to say, let's get you on Raw, let's do some matches, let's give you a little bit of a push, or go back to NXT, because Wednesday, they've got an NXT tag title match against Undisputed Era. Yeah. So I mean, I I enjoyed this because I just thought, Booker was great. It's He's King, always great. M- much better than his Skype interview a couple weeks ago uh, that I <laughs> hated. Yeah. But uh, yeah, King Booker and his crazy eyes were great. Um, you know, I it was fine. You know, I I enjoyed this much more than some of their other promos with uh, the Street Profits. But yeah, I, I agree. They should just get in the ring and like, I mean, even be the NXT Tag Team Champions and, you know, make an appearance on raw and just start in the division and then lose them later down the road. Like, I don't care. Like, but just get them in the ring. Like, why are they just sitting backstage talking about everybody else? Like, why are they even there? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. They need to get in the ring. I, I totally agree. So next we had Reigns versus Rowan and all three of did us. It, did anybody get this right? All three of us picked Roman Reigns and who boy were we all wrong? And you know what? Dead wrong. Dead wrong. I I didn't have a problem with this. I really enjoyed this match. And I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. They fought all over the place. They went through the crowd. They went back up on the top of the ramp. They had another camera jib, which I, I guess that's Rowan's thing now. Like Triple H has a sledgehammer. Sting has a bat. The Sandman has a Singapore cane. And Eric Rowan has a camera jib. but Or scaffolding. Yeah, whatever. I just, uh, or a car. 
<laughs> I, there were a couple things that I had a problem with this. Like I, I wanted, I would rather see Roman Reigns. Like Eric Rowan was trying to murder him, right? And this whole time, Roman Reigns is like, "This is a regular feud, no big deal." Like you got to show more passion. And I like Roman. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I know a lot of people give him a hard time to be new Cena, but I really do like Roman Reigns. Uh, I don't love him, but I, I like him. And he just hasn't shown that passion and that hatred, that frustration. And I, I don't know. Either way, the match was good. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. And I had one of the more interesting pieces on the show because, I mean, they were going back and forth. And he got, you know, took it to Roman. Sorry, Roman. And Roman was down at the end of the ramp. And Reigns went all the way to the top of the ramp. And he's going to run down and give him a super spear, apparently. Right. And he runs down and goes for it. And who cuts him off? But Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Making his return. And the funny thing is, he's been gone for a while. He asked for his release a couple months ago. And they said no. And Vinnie Mac said, no, sorry. <laughs> not happening. And yeah. then all the rumors have been saying, Vince McMahon has nothing for Luke Harper. He can't stand Luke Harper. All these terrible things about Harper. And now he's back. And I'm okay with yeah, it. And he, yeah, supposedly, um, according to, you know, uh, different uh, news outlets and stuff that he actually called him on Friday. This was like a, I mean, it's no surprise that this has been booked, you know, Last daily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this whole feud is just ridiculous. Like the, you know, the other Rowan is just gone from existence. I guess he's still sitting in that room. Derek Rowan. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Rowan. <laughs> um, and Harper just came back. Um, and supposedly, and I don't, I don't know if this is going to lead to. I'm hoping it leads to, you know, like everybody ganging up on Roman. But supposedly this is going to lead to Harper and Rowan versus Roman and Brian. Um, and I, 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 say, I just say I'm hoping that Brian does do that and he turns on Roman, and then it comes out that all three of them were trying to get rid of him or something, right? Because that makes more sense than like, because Brian's, you know, been a douche, <laughs> you know, with Rowan. And, you know, it's been really evil. And I kind of like the evil Daniel Bryan. And for him to just not have anything to do with this and just be like, what are you doing, Rowan? You're a liar. And just turn it back to a good guy. It's just strange. But, hey, it would fit right in with everything else that's going on on this feud. So I think the problem with this is this storyline has been booked so poorly and has been changed behind the scenes so many times. Remember, this was originally supposed to lead to Roman versus Bryan at SummerSlam. Right. Supposedly. And now they're going to be on a team, supposedly. It just, not, none of this has made any sense. It is so poorly booked, so poorly put together. And I've, I've ranted too many times. I'm not going to do it again. All I'm happy about is Luke Harper is back. And yeah, I'm good with that. I'm happy. I mean, if, if this doesn't show that Vince is no longer a creative genius to those people who are still claiming he is, like, I mean, because the guy has, like, rewritten SmackDown, like, every week. And he's been booking these segments, like, you know, the Derek Rowan thing, the, the, you know, the random new camera view, like just a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, I mean, I'd rather see like, you know, Roman, like I said, Daniel Bryan turning on Roman Reigns, if they do tie together and Buddy Murphy coming to Roman Reigns aid. Yeah. And, or, you know, something, but that would be cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but uh, that's very wishful thinking with Vince McMahon behind the wheel. Yes, that is true. That is true. (laughs) Uh, we went to a backstage segment with Seth Rollins, and we all got that match wrong. By the way, <laughs> yeah, all three of us, all three of us. Yeah. Um, I, I have blocked this out of my mind because it was bad, and Seth Rollins is a, a dork. But he basically said the the long and short of it was, I don't know what Braun said. He lost. We both lost, and now I'm going to go beat him. And he probably said, I'm going to burn it down about four times, and I just don't remember it because it was uneventful. And I and I didn't get to say this because I was out last week, but I did watch the uh, the show that had Steve Austin on it and everything. And we talked about these catchphrases, and uh, I know Chris said that he didn't have a problem with it because like everybody has catchphrases, and I get that. But like Stone Cold would say, he would make a point, and then he would say, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so, and that made sense. Right. But Rollins was in the week in the ring with Stone Cold a couple weeks ago, and he comes out there and says. Man, Stone Cold in the ring on Raw. We're all having fun in Madison Square Garden. Now, this is what I mean when I say burn it down or something like that. I absolutely lost it. Yeah, it made no sense. What? 
Yeah. I was <laughs> what disappointed. Does that mean? I was disappointed you weren't on the show because I figured that he would get your future endeavor because of that line. I thought about it. It was it was awful. It was yeah, so like bad. It, we need a definition of what burning down means because apparently <laughs> <laughs> Seth does not know what it means. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Universal title match. Yes. Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins. What did you think? Uh, it's actually become, uh, it's more so Braun Strowman versus the ring posts in each of his matches. <laughs> he needs to stop running at the ring posts. Yeah. Because nine times out of 10, he hits it instead of his opponent. Yep. Makes and him I lose. get like, <laughs> I get like, man, if I hit this though, I'm going to kill this guy. But yeah, it's cost him a lot of matches. It has. It has. <laughs> and probably a lot of shoulders. Yeah. And this, the match was fine. Like it was okay. I just, it, but it was it was like a raw match. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like anything. There was no heat because they didn't. They were friends and tag partners. Like the last couple of weeks, there's no like bad blood between them. Nothing to fuel the you know the fire in this match. And they could have had something at the beginning of the show that said it and maybe played on it throughout the show. But no, it's just they lost and they kind of went on their own separate ways and. They said, you lost the match. Then Rollins is like, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, we're going to go wrestle now. And they had a match. Yeah. And it super didn't matter. Like, I'm okay with face versus face matches, but there's better ways to book it. Like, AJ versus Seth was booked okay. Not great, but much better than this. And yeah. the match was fine. You had Braun Strowman tackle uh, or does shoulder tackle on the outside to Seth twice. He goes for it the third time and gets tripped onto the table. That was a cool spot. We had Braun Strowman jumping off the top rope, splashing onto Seth Rollins, and destroying he made it like he was, his knee. Yeah, he made it like he was hurting his knee, and I think he actually did. Like it looked. I think so too because they did, they didn't play on it the rest of the match, yeah. and he's had knee problems supposedly. And right. uh, yeah, him splashing that way, he probably smacked his knee on the the canvas, and I think that's probably real. So I would be surprised if he's not wrestling tonight, I or at least that, taking it easy. That would be a spot to save for WrestleMania. You know, I, and he almost know. fell off. He got up there and was like teetering yeah. teeter back and forth. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be horrible. I'm like, Russell Bosch is rooting for him to, to fall right now. And uh, I was expecting him to, but he didn't. Uh, he fell after three curb stomps didn't do the didn't do the job. So he went to the greatest finisher of all time. Oh, God. Triple H's finisher, the pedigree. <laughs> he hits him with a My pedigree. move is not good enough, so I'll use Hunter's move. Exactly. It always does the trick. He hits the pedigree, which is he's done it before, but uh, I'm surprised he didn't glad, <laughs> grab a sledgehammer. Exactly, and then he hits another stomp. So it took four stomps in a pedigree to pin Braun Strowman, and the fans were booing Seth Rollins. They booed the snot out of this guy. People are so over Seth Rollins because he's been booked so poorly, and it's sad because Seth Rollins. And I know I give him a really hard time, but all kidding aside. He's one of the best workers on the roster. He's not the greatest wrestler in the world like he thinks he is. But well, I think that's part of the problem, too, is especially like a lot of the hardcore fans. They know what he said about Will Ospreay. They know that he's kind of – he didn't understand why Dean Ambrose left because he thinks WWE is the greatest company in the world. Right. Like he's kind of been oblivious to that kind of stuff. So, And he's you know gone crazy on rants on Raw and, you know – and he's been saying, you know, I'm the greatest wrestler in the world. And the fans just, they just roll their eyes when he says that because they're like, come on, man. You're not even the greatest. Like, you don't have to. In your company. Yeah. You're not even the greatest wrestler on your brand. Yeah. So, I, I, <laughs> last time he said that, weren't fans chanting CM Punk and then AJ Styles? Yep. Like, they're like, we can name two. <laughs> yeah. I just, <laughs> so I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, the match was, this match was fine. It was, it was another one that I would say is fun. It just wasn't, it wasn't great. And I think it's okay that every match is in a five-star classic or even like a technical wrestling classic. Like, this was never going to be Rollins and Styles, right? Never going to be. It, it, it was okay. The match was okay. But what was really great and that redeemed this whole show was at the very end. And Seth gets out of the ring, and then when he rolls out, I'm like, oh, I guess we're not going to get the Fiend. And he's going up the ramp, and he turns around, and the little WWE logo at the bottom, like it shows at the end of the show, it comes on, and I'm like, oh, I guess we're not going to get the Fiend. And then the lights go out, 
And I'm like, all right. And they, they did it smart too, because normally they'll do like a static effect and like the lights will slowly turn off. Yep. But they just turned off and the fans instantly knew what it was and they started going nuts. Yep. It came back on. You had the little creepy noise and uh, he's holding him in the, uh, the fiend is holding Seth Rollins and the sister Abigail like he did with Finn Balor. Obviously he couldn't do that with the legends because they're too old. He hits the sister Abigail and then he kissed he him does, with a mask on. He sure did. And then he does uh, the manimal claw. And Seth makes these really dorky sounds because Seth is a dork. And uh, he stands above him, and he's screaming, and he sounds absolutely amazing. The Fiend, everything about him is is really good. And uh, I have been one to complain about pushing him to the main event. But I do want to say Michael Hamplett from What Culture said, why not do this now? Because by January, they're going to have screwed it up, and we're all going to be sick of him anyway. And you know what? He's right. Let's just go ahead and get it over with. Let's push him to the moon while he's the most over thing in all of WWE. Well, and can't you see, I mean, they're booing Seth after he beats Braun. I mean, the fans were behind Braun all, like, all night. They thought he was awesome. Right. And, I mean, you saw him then boo Seth when, you know, he's beating Strowman. Imagine the boos he's going to get if he beats The Fiend. He can't like beat The Fiend. Like, he can't, right? The fiend I don't care how many lose. pedigrees you hit him with. <laughs> you better not beat him. Yeah. Yeah, and it, like yeah, it's it's the fans are starting to turn on Seth. Like, you know, let him lose the title now. Uh, I I didn't really like this match with Strowman so close to you know him winning it back from Lesnar, right? Because uh, I thought you know surely he's not going to lose it to Strowman, and he didn't. But I mean, at this point, I'm like, yeah, the fans are starting to turn on him. Like, it, let him lose to the Fiend. Everybody's behind him. They'd go crazy for it, and uh, I mean he'd. You'd have another prop to have on uh, the Firefly Funhouse for sure. Right. I, I think that'd be a good way to go. Right. So I, I'm crossing my fingers. And like, if we didn't do this radio show and Seth Rollins beat The Fiend at Hell in a Cell, I would stop watching WWE. And I sincerely mean that because it would be such a poor booking decision, uh, at, le- at least temporarily. And I... Well, you know they might do a, a Beggy Lynch-Sasha thing where they there's no winner next time. They can't do that again in the cell. They just can't. Well, it's, it's, it's three weeks away, so they're going to try to rush this thing, and then they're going to want to keep it going. So, I mean, obviously, I would I would have Fiend win and then, like, have a program and, you know, you know, let him come out on top after that. But I could just – I'm telling you, like, after this show especially, I could easily see Rollins still coming out the victor uh, as – in Hell in the Cell. And the Fiend has to win, and we need the Undertaker versus the Fiend at Survivor Series. Please make it oh, happen. God. I, I'm down. I'm down. It's going to be great. Also, I love the uh, the Undertaker chance during the Miz match tonight, and I'm just sitting there shaking my head like, mm-mm. <laughs> you think he's showing up this pay-per-view? Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no way. No way. So that is Clash of Champions. Kyle, if you were to grade this show, what would you grade it? I mean, it was just it was just an average show. Um it had some good moments. I mean, the Luke Harper return, like, I'm not going to say nobody saw it coming, but it was like a nice surprise. Uh, and I like Luke Harper, so I was happy to see him back. Uh, we'll see what happens with it. Um, but, I mean, obviously none of us expected Roman Reigns to uh, lose that match. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I like where that's going. Um, other than that, though, and that, that and The Fiend, Becky and Sasha was good to start, but kind of had a bad ending. Uh, Bailey Charlotte started out pretty well, you know, had a quick, quick ending. Every other match was just kind of there. Nothing like surprising or like crazy revival. New day was a good match. Um, and then what could have been one of the greatest matches on the night styles and Cedric at the pre-show. I mean, I know counting the pre-show is, you know, but that really should have been on the main show and should have been a good match. So I'm counting it. Yeah. Uh, all in all, yeah, like C plus maybe. That's exactly like was, what I was thinking. I mean, on yeah. the nose. It's just it was, the Fiend stuff was really cool. Luke Harper's returning made me pop. There's just so many silly things that happened, and there there wasn't a whole lot that just made me go wow. Like, and there were I think there were more things in this pay per view that made me go oh than wow. And that I guess C plus is technically a little above average, but I don't know. This wasn't a bad pay per view at all. It wasn't. It just wasn't much about it that made me. I'm not going to remember any of this in five years when we're talking about wrestling history. We may remember the Fiend, and we may, but I doubt, remember Luke Harper returning, and that's it. 
there's nothing yeah. else that was remarkable about this uh, pay-per-view. I will go with C plus as well. So we've got as results, we've got Chris with five out of 11, Kyle with seven out of 11 and Matt with eight out of 11. Boom. So I, I barely, I barely, <laughs> barely won this. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening with us this last hour. Uh, we have a very busy week coming up cause we're doing raw SmackDown and NXT and AEW is coming up very, very soon. Just a few more weeks. So we also have some really cool things coming up. Please keep an eye out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'll tell you all about it. You can follow us on Facebook. You can find us at WrestleLife Radio. You can follow us on Instagram at WrestleLife Radio and at Twitter at WrestleLife Pod. You can follow Chris at WrestleLife Hill, I believe is what he is now. Where can they find you, Kyle? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kyle.Polly, but I, I will say quickly, um, I've gotten a couple of firm requests, um, but me being an idiot, I, I see these people and I'm like, I don't know this person. And I would delete the uh, firm request. So <laughs> my, my profile is private currently. So if you do try to add me, uh, and I have, you know, declined it, that is why. So if you want to try to add me again and shoot me a message and say, Hey, I'm a fan of the show. Could you please add me? Then uh, that might help me because I tend to forget that I'm on a show and uh, yeah, we've been doing so, that. Kyle on Instagram. We've been if you doing give this a shot. for two months now. Two months. I know, but I just it slips in my mind when I'm just because I have a private thing and I, I I don't get many requests on there. So when I do, I'm just like, ah, oh, I don't know this person. Good job. So good job turning yeah. away the fans. Yeah, you're like uh, you're like Renee Dupree. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a friendly person, people. So uh. <laughs> maybe you're the real hill. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 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 you're both hills, and I'm the only face on this show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We are we are Harper and Rowan uh, in this situation. Well, I am WrestleLife Matt. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Please make sure to give us a follow and tell your friends about us. Uh, again, we're gonna have a lot of cool stuff coming up. So make sure to to tune in, and we will see you. In a couple days. Little bit of the bubbly.